Richard Radio begins in three, two, one. I don't know. I mean, I don't know if there is or not. I don't know if there's a black and white answer. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know how. Give us some men who know the truth and who will declare the truth and who will stand with Athanasius and Polycarp and Calvin and Luther and Whitfield and Edwards and who will declare from the housetops that the gospel is the power of God unto salvation. It's time for Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. So, (laughs) how are you feeling about Zaxby's now, Church? This is, did Lurch just show up? This is Wretched Radio. You've heard the devastating news. Chick-fil-A, according to most headlines, has done gone woke, raising the question, how do we respond to a beloved institution when they appear to get off of their initial Christian rails, turn to the left, and fall into the ditch of diversity, equity, and inclusion? Now, a typical host, Friel, you're well below typical, a typical host would take this opportunity to say, (laughs) Zach Spies, just been waiting for you all along, evangelical, the better chicken sandwich, which isn't woke. Well, at least I don't know that they are. I haven't gone to their website, but I'm not going to miss an opportunity to pretend I'm not bragging. Instead, with a great deal of Zaxby-like humility, Mm. as as pure as their honey mustard, I would like for us to do a little bit of a deep dive into how now we respond to organizations that make decisions we find downright objectionable. Chick-fil-A, if you didn't hear the news, they now have a statement posted on their website. It is long. The headline is diversity, equity, and inclusion. This is from Chick-fil-A.com. Diversity, equity, and inclusion. Now, those are three words that are synonymous with Marxism. <laughs> it's just, we know what that's all about. And I think a major corporation, which is privately owned, by the way, a major corporation like Chick-fil-A would certainly understand the implications of using the DEI words. They are loaded with leftist baggage. Nevertheless, they jumped into these shark-infested waters and appear to be, well, at least for now, swimming with these sharks. From their website, the program is called Better At Together. And it states this in bold. First thing you can just do with this as you see fit. Chick-fil-A's corporate purpose is to serve waffle fries that are not nearly as satisfying as Zaxby's franchise. (laughs) I'm so sorry. You know, is there some sort of reading malady where you see words that you want to be on the page? I I think it's your glasses. I I think that I just experienced that. Chick-fil-A's purpose is to glorify God by being a faithful steward of all that is entrusted to us, to have a positive influence on all who come into contact with Chick-fil-A. So far, so good. Of course, Truett Cathy He was the fellow who started Chick-fil-A right here in Atlanta, Georgia. It is now an increasingly popular national chain, not in all regions, but they're making their way definitely out of the South. I think there's one in Minnesota, which, by the way, hey, Minnesota, (laughs) 
What's been going on up there since we left 15 years ago? Some new legislation that they won't accept the the kids who study that want to go in high school, that dual enrollment program to go to a private institution at Northwestern College and Crown were named specifically in the original introduction. It was an amendment to a law after 35 years. Don't count no more. If you go to a Christian institution, whoa. Also far out marijuana. It's going to be legal in Minnesota. Going to give out of ice fishermen. A good way to pass the time. Apparently, that's what was in view because there can be no other explanation for the legalization of a drug that is increasingly potent in Minnesota. Increasingly liberal. Oy. When you think liberal now, you've got to think, of course, of the Northeast, the Northwest, California, which is Southwest. Well, it's just West, I guess. And Minnesota. <laughs> Legalizing the devil's lettuce, which is never used on a Zaxby sandwich. That's a different kind of lettuce. My point is Chick-fil-A promoting what appears to be diversity, equity, and inclusion, despite the fact that they say their purpose is to glorify God. Most of this six-page statement is pretty non-controversial. There may be some words baked into it, sort of like they're underbaked chocolate chip cookies. Now, again, I am not using this as an opportunity to promote Zaxby's. I'm just saying their cookies are underbaked. Most of the language in here appears to pass at least my sniff test as well introduced to woke language as I am or am not. One of our core values at Chick-fil-A is that we are better together. When we combine our unique backgrounds with a culture of belonging, we can discover new ways to strengthen the quality of care we deliver. But no harm, no foul. I don't know why it needs to be stated, but that's the era that we live in. These are things that, well, at least for a season we understood. We intentionally promote equal opportunity through our processes and practices. We want to eliminate barriers to opportunities so all can thrive. They have a statement on valuing differences, creating a culture of belonging, believing the best in each other, honoring our differences, critical to becoming better at together. That's pretty non-offensive language. It's the DEI business. They conclude the whole shebang. Chick-fil-A is an equal opportunity employer that values diversity, equity, and inclusion. We make employment decisions on a non-discriminatory basis. Well, see, that isn't DEI, because <laughs> that's exactly what that does. And remain committed to maintaining work environments free from any form of harassment. What you going to do now, evangelical? I know Chick-fil-A has broken your heart in the past. In fact, they probably break it pretty much every Sunday morning after church. We have to ask the question, what are, what are we going to do in response to a privately held organization that appears to be leaving its original Christian moorings for something far more leftist, potentially even downright Marxist? You're going to eat a Chick-fil-A sandwich? You're going to say bye-bye waffle fries? No more peach shake? Well, I would be... <laughs> I think it would be downright cruel if I said it's just a simple answer. Go to Zaxby's. But I'm not going to do that. We're going to jump in to the Chick-fil-A sauce to try to figure out what do we do? Living in this world, Chick-fil-A ain't the first and it ain't going to be the last. Can we agree 
that at the very least, this is an issue of conscience. There might be some Christians who say, can't go there anymore. There's going to be others who go, well, and maybe that tune will change if they claim some other territory, some other positions that are far left. But right now, you're going to have different Christians with different conscience responses, sort of like the Target business. Now, what Target did, that's pretty obvious. What? And wow, are they taking a beating? Their valuation down $10 billion. Now, I know that's a drop in the federal debt bucket, but that's a lot of money for a corporation to be devalued because of their progressive and overt endorsement of all things June. That's that's what we used to call this month, by the way. I don't know if you see if you're under 20, you might not know that that this actually is called June and not Pride Month. I think there's going to be Christians who say can't do the target. Other Christians, eh, got to shop someplace. So at the very least, maybe we can recognize that. But maybe just maybe we would do well to at least consider in part, this is where most of these debates go off the rails. Somebody will use a thought a position, a Bible verse, and say, this is the way it ought to be. I don't think it's that tidy. I don't think that living in this wonky world is neat and easy and clean. It's complex. It's individualistic. It's conscience-driven, but it most certainly should be trumped by the Bible. What does the Bible say we are supposed to be doing in light of a hostile society? How are we to react when somebody like Chick-fil-A or Target, for that matter, I know they're not nearly the same institution, but how do we live? How do we respond? Just heard a sermon on this on Sunday. Well done, Pastor Blackburn. First Peter 1 establishes what we must know before we consider how we respond, whether it's government, a bad boss, a terrible spouse. He sets the table, lays a foundation stating you're a peculiar people, you're a royal priesthood, a chosen nation, all language that was formerly used for Israel. Now being adopted to be used for language for the church, please note that does not mean the church has replaced Israel. It just means Peter is using familiar lingo to say this, you're different. You're supposed to be a peculiar people. And in light of that, he launches into a salvo of submission. Now, I suspect there might be some people that are thinking, oh, great, here we go. Another screed about church and state. No, not going to do that. We we just posted a video on that subject on the YouTube machine. This is this is not just one, but three pretty I would say they're more than implicit, explicit verses in 1 Peter 2 and 1 Peter 3 that I think need to be considered. I didn't say that they're going to solve the whole issue of Chick-fil-A or Target for that matter, but at least can guide us through the question, how now shall we live? (laughs) The Chick-fil-A's gone woke! This is Wretched Radio.
Like the Pointer Sisters, I am so excited and I just can't hide it. The Masters Academy International is embarking on a bold new program to distribute Bibles internationally. There are oh so many wretched people who love to give to ministries who are giving out Bibles. And the Masters Academy International is going to start doing just that in the Philippines. But they don't want to give out just any Bible to just anybody. They're going to give away John MacArthur Study Bibles to Christians who cannot afford them in a local Bible teaching church. Can you imagine the impact? How much do you love your MacArthur Study Bible? For $25, you could put a Bible into the hands of a believer in the Philippines. I'll do the math. It's not tricky. Four Bibles, $100. Maybe you could commit to giving a Bible a month to a believer in the Philippines. Please visit wretched.org slash Bible, wretched.org slash Bible to join the Masters Academy International. Hey, thanks for listening to Wretched Radio today. You know what's funny? My wife said the other day that I'm an expert, an expert in anything that involves running my mouth. And you know, she's right, but that's not what's important right now. What's important is reaching millions of people all over the world with the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. And that's where we need your help because Gospel Partners Media, that's us, exists to reach lost souls through culturally compelling, biblically sound productions. We realize if we make a great product that is unbiblical, then we have failed at what we're doing. So here's the deal. We're asking for you to prayerfully consider becoming an ongoing monthly Wretched Gospel partner. Your faithful and consistent support will help us reach millions of people all over the world with a life-changing knowledge of the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. Just visit wretched.org slash donate or text the word wretched to the number 44321 to become a gospel partner today. Wretched. Amazing grace. Amazing gospel. I know how you're feeling at the thought of switching from traditional health insurance to MediShare, which is affordable biblical health sharing. That's a big decision, and it can be kind of scary, which is why Mrs. Freel and I researched MediShare and determined, yeah, we can trust this ministry. Christians paying for the health needs of other Christians. It's a magnificent ministry. 98% member satisfaction rate. It's amazing. The average family saves $500 per month. If that sounds intriguing, and I hope it does, please do your research. Visit metashare.com slash wretched, metashare.com slash wretched, or call them and talk to a really nice person at 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE, 844-34-BIBLE. Important dates in Christian history. 64 AD, after fire ravages Rome, Emperor Nero blames Christians and unleashes the first state-sanctioned persecution of Christians. Roman persecution would continue for 250 years until Emperor Constantine officially recognized and defended Christianity. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Sorry for this, sort of. So I hear you looking for the biggest Zaxby's fan Well search no further, cause I'm your man My chicken and I are never apart Only took me one bite, now he's got my heart I love is like Zach sauce, perfect, divine Yo, my chicken must be tired, he's been running through my mind They think I'm obsessed, they call me insane I'm proud to have my chicken, chicken always on the brain I do, this is Wretched Radio, Chick-fil-A 
diversity, equity, and inclusion. How do we respond to the formerly beloved chicken chain known as Chick-fil-A? That is a question that I think is going to have a disparity of answers amongst evangelicals. I would simply like to throw one section of scripture into the conversation because these cultural issues, they get complex. They're for in, okay, for instance, let's just say you're one of the people who's going, Chick-fil-A, they're woke, they're Marxists now. Okay, but you live in a town and you know the owner of the Chick-fil-A. You go to church with that guy and he's there on Sunday because he ain't working and he has no excuse for not attending church on Sunday. And he he's told you, oh, I reject all that business, anything that's Marxist, anything that's woke, the DEI. We won't discriminate against people. We will advance people who work well, but we're not into all of that monkey business. Can you go to that one? Oh, it's a franchise versus a corporate store. All kinds of considerations. But might I suggest First Peter is a consideration that can't be overlooked. As much as I'm going to want to try to apply this, I'm going to refrain from doing that just to hopefully remind us how each of us see these issues. It, it, sometimes it's crystal clear. Other times it's like, sometimes it's total mud. I, I think this is one of those situations where different Christians going to have different takes. First Peter, the book of persecution. Peter is reminding the Christians, hey, you're different. This is your, I'm going to use the I word, identity. That's right. The Bible talks about our identity being in Christ. I know it happens to be a word that has all kinds of baggage, but sorry, I just think it's still safe. Our identity is in Christ. We're, we're no longer black, white, rich, poor, slave, free, woman, male. We're, we're, we're in Christ. That's our identity. And Peter extrapolates on that identity. You are a chosen people. You are set apart. Hmm. Set apart for what? Why does Peter use the nation of Israel language? To describe the church, well, what was the purpose of Israel? We know that the promise to Abraham was a land, a nation, and a seed, a Messiah. But the nation of Israel was also supposed to be a light to lighten the Gentiles. If they responded well to the Mosaic Covenant, did what they were told, obeyed the laws, God would bless them lavishly, Exodus 19, so that the nations would see and want to know who their God is. Hmm. And that is precisely where Peter goes when he's talking to mostly Gentiles about the hostile culture that they are living in. Because I got to tell you something, Christians, they were always hated. Just read the book of Acts, Paul getting chased around by the Jews because he was promoting the hope of Israel, this sect called the way that these people were despised, all the blood business, the cannibals with the eating the body, drinking the blood. They're monotheistic. They won't worship the emperor. They were hated from the jump. You and I are too, even though there's been a veneer of politeness in our culture, that, that veneer is getting removed. And we're starting to feel it not nearly as much as the first century Christians, but nevertheless, we do have a text that helps us in part to know what to do with these corporations. Uh, do we go boycott? Do we picket? Do we scream? Do we yell against them? 
do we perhaps blog about them, go on the radio, say bad things about them? Here's the text that I think is worthwhile. After after Peter reminds us who we are, beloved, verse 11 of chapter 2, I beg you as sojourners and pilgrims. Okay, that's more of who we are. We just are passing through this place. Abstain from fleshly lusts, which war against the soul, having your conduct honorable among the Gentiles. And here's why. Hineclaus, so that when they speak against you as evildoers, so when the world goes about the Christians, they may, by your good works, which they observe, glorify God in the day of visitation. We're supposed to live exemplary lives so that the world, even when they get mad at us, say nasty things about us, we remove that because it's pretty hard to argue against incorruptible behavior. But then it goes on. He launches into a, a three-segment salvo on submission. Submit to governor, submit to your boss, submit to your husband. But here's, here's, here's why. Submit yourselves to every ordinance for the Lord's sake, ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king is supreme, governors, etc. For this is the will of God, that by doing good, you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men. Oh, I see. So the world is watching. And we are supposed to live lives, speak words that do not cause the pagan world that has a great deal of animosity that they'd love to express toward us, it gets removed. It's not there. How we react to these stories, how we speak, what what we tell the world, it is important. Now, here's where it gets dicey. Aren't we commanded to speak the truth in love? Yes, we are. Peter is saying, watch it. Just be careful how you respond. Be careful what you do. Be careful about what you say. And this is this different Christians are going to say different things with different tones. And I do believe that there's a a variety that is within an acceptable palette for Christian response. But we can't take this this section of scripture off the table that persecution, difficulties, a world that is increasingly corrupt and hostile, uh, that it that it doesn't have eternal consequences. So how you speak about Chick-fil-A, the inferior restaurant to Zaxby's. Sensational, sensational. My love for you is so tasteable. We want to watch how we respond. Kevin DeYoung writing a rather interesting article laying out seven steps of capitulation. How it is that an organization, now you can have Chick-fil-A in view if you choose to. They're not a Christian organization per se. It's a privately held organization. The founder, definitely a believer who loved the Lord and a good chicken sandwich, did this business to glorify God, closing down on Sundays to honor the Sabbath. But it's it's not a Christian corporation per se. It's privately held. And they do business with the public. But what about the Christian institutions, the Christian churches, the Christian denominations? What do you do do with people who once were firm, but now they're starting to waffle? And I'm not making a reference to fries at Chick-fil-A. Here's Kevin DeYoung. There's a series of familiar steps. One, first, there is silence. 
the evangelical leader, publication, or institution used to be clear on matters of sexuality and marriage, just doesn't talk about those things. Doesn't matter how big the eruption is. Step number two, complexification. We got to study this. We need to ask some questions. Perhaps we didn't understand the Greek word that was actually only used in 1946 by the New Revised Standard Version that coined a word homosexuality. We've got to think this through. That's step number two. Step number three, there is usually an explicit pivot to other issues. Sex and marriage are set aside as minor ethical conundrums, distractions, more urgent concerns like racial justice, poverty, and then he says something interesting, or missions and evangelism. Whoa, 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 whoa. I can handle the poverty critique, the people that are liberals, but evangelism, that's the conservative side. And he recognizes we've got to be careful on the conservative side. We don't capitulate and fail to speak out. We are commanded to speak out. Now, First Peter helps us know what that tone should be and what we should be saying. But we've got to speak out. We should be saying Chick-fil-A, Chick-fil-A. I wonder if Tim Hawkins is going to write a song. Part two about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A, we used to go every single day. Now your values seem so far away. Oh, I believe in Zaxby's. I don't know if he's going to write that or not. Step three, there's usually an explicit pivot to other issues. We take on other causes. We've got to be careful that we don't see an even good cause as something that disqualifies our speaking out. We see frustration with those pointing out the sin as those committing the sin. So the people who critique it are worse than the people committing the sin. And then they somehow start to say, you know, let's just set the Old Testament aside. Hmm. Arguments become intensely personal. I know somebody. How dare you? And finally, they celebrate sin. The steps to capitulation going to be happening a lot more. We would do well to think it through now. This is Wretched Radio. And it's now time for a Wretched News Break here on Wretched Radio. I'm Jimmy Hicks. We start by going north to our Canadian neighbors where a high school in Toronto is reportedly hosting a gay pride ball without requiring parental consent. They're calling it the prom of progress. Oh, how original. I'm pretty certain that most of the parents might want to be looped into decisions regarding their children attending a gay pride ball. I know it's just an assumption, but that's what I'm going to go with. And let's stay with the theme of Pride Month, shall we? Next up, Glamour Magazine has decided to celebrate in a unique way. Well, <laughs> I call it unique, but the world is increasingly calling this normal. They're featuring a pregnant man on the cover. Kind of funny that a magazine named Glamour chose this representation of Pride Month. But who am I? I'm just a radio guy. I don't design magazine covers that somehow sidestep biology. And in a refreshing turn of events, a father and his daughter have won a legal victory after first being punished for misgendering a boy who was a boy hanging out in the girl's locker room. So that, that's the story. Essentially, this young lady referred to a boy as a boy. She got in trouble and therefore to get out of trouble, she and her father had to go through with legal action. Oh, I long for the days where fiction 
really was stranger than truth. And in Tennessee, a law recently passed that intended to protect children from sexually explicit performances was ruled unconstitutional. Yeah, try to figure that one out. You'll give yourself a migraine trying. I guess the courts felt like Tennessee children were lacking in their exposure to explicit content. Oh, and a little farther west in Utah, the Bible, yes, the Bible, the Holy One, has been pulled from libraries in a Utah school district because there are concerns of vulgarity and violence. And yet, I suspect the complete works of Shakespeare probably remain safely on the shelves. Now, the state of Texas is making headlines as the largest state to now ban transgender procedures on children. So the state of Texas has drawn a line on the operating table saying children should probably wait till they're at least old enough to vote before they can make such monumental decisions. Lastly, some sombering news to wrap up today from central Nigeria. A pastor, his wife, and 41 others were recently killed. A tragic loss for their community, but also a reminder to all of us to continue praying for all of our persecuted brothers and sisters abroad. And that has been a Wretched News Break. More Wretched Radio is straight ahead. I'm Jimmy Hicks. Books of the Bible. The gospel is present throughout all of Scripture, beginning with the book of Genesis. Immediately after the fall, God promises a Messiah who will crush the head of the serpent. Even in the Garden of Eden, God was preparing the means of our salvation through Jesus Christ. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Controversies abounding. This is Wretched Radio. The Chosen, raising no small amount of controversy by displaying what a pride flag on the set of the juggernaut known as The Chosen. It is a fictional story about Jesus Christ, which is an interesting subject to debate right there. The Chosen is a story about Jesus and his followers. And on a promo video that's announcing their upcoming season, I believe it's number four or five, there was one of the actors in his first century garb with a pride flag rather conspicuously displayed right behind him. And people are going, hey, what's up with that? The Chosen responded and said, nothing's up with that. We hire anybody here. Question number one. You got a problem with that? Yeah, do you have a problem that let's just do this in steps. Jimmy, are you prepared to represent the tens and tens of people listening to this here wretched radio program? I sure do hope so. You know, the good news is it might be fives and fives of people because all the all the Chick-fil-A folks, they've already tuned out. <laughs> yeah. They're on their way to Zaxby's to see what they've been missing. Oh. The question is, do you have a problem with now remember this wasn't the show, of course. They wouldn't have had the symbol of the Noahic flood in the first century, but they did in the 21st century on the set. One of the actors, this was off camera. He had a pride flag behind him. Mm-hmm. You got a problem with that. <sighs> I don't. It, wow. I don't know. You had a problem with the Babylon Bee doing <laughs> a spoof <laughs> on the ridiculous conspiracy theories about the resurrection and the disciples lying. But you don't have a problem with the pride flag on the chosen. I, I didn't say When that. did you become a heretic? Huh? <laughs> I need to know. When did this happen? Last week. Oh, I see. At least you've got it circled on your calendar. Yeah. You don't have any problem with it. I don't know. 
I don't know. I, I, it, it's hard to say, um, but yeah, no, I don't really support the show or watch the show, so I can't say that I have a huge problem. So let's just say that you're a conservative biblical Christian. <laughs> well, I, I and do say it that. does trouble you. The question then would be why? What bugs you about it? Now, in order to know if we should be bugged or not, the chosen responded. They did notice the traffic that they were garnering on the social media machines. And they responded and said, um, hold on, this this ain't no big thing because we hire just about anybody. So here's how the chosen responded from their twi- Twitter thing. Uh, they said, just like with our hundreds of cast and crew who have different beliefs or no belief at all than we do, we will work with anyone on our show to help us portray or honor the authentic Jesus. Well, if you were going to honor the authentic Jesus, it would be a word-for-word presentation of one of the Gospels. That quibble aside, is this something that a program, which is, this is, it is held by Angel Studios, which I believe is owned by Mormons. Angel Studios is the producer of The Chosen. Now, it was initially, it was crowdfunded by, I'm sure, a lot of evangelicals who loved the idea. Now, The Chosen is basically saying, um, if you don't like it, boo-hoo, because we hire just about anybody that we want to. We ask that audiences let the show speak for itself and focus on the message, not the messenger, because we'll always let you down. That is um, a little too convenient. That would be like a parent saying, hey, look, um, I know I punched you in the nose, son, but don't judge me based on that. I'm always going to let you down. You'd say, uh, but that I think that I can because that's your actual behavior. If the chosen pride flag bothers you, what's the problem? They hire anybody. Now, this is an interesting conundrum for a lot of ministries, especially parachurch ministries, to a lesser degree, the local church. You have a need. You don't have a Christian who can fill that need. What do you do? Do you hire somebody who's a pagan? And the answer is, well, it's a conscience issue to be certain at the very least, but it also depends on what the issue is. Mowing the lawn versus leading worship. Whoa, there's a difference. Well, it's hiring a pagan to do work at the church. I think that there are different responsibilities. The plumbing is broken. You can't fix it. Who do you call? A Christian plumber? Well, if you want to, but if you can't, you'll take a pagan plumber any day. I'm wondering, is that alliteration strong enough for an unbelieving plumber to maybe consider uh, your fi- your your friendly neighborhood pagan plumber? That's a good name. It, it's, a, with a tr- it's targeting a larger demographic than ever is what it would be doing right there. There, there's going to be different roles, different functions that I think justify the hiring of somebody who is outside of the church. But when it comes to the worship service, that, first of all, the worship service is for Christians done by Christians. And just because you don't have a talented drummer, it doesn't mean you go hire an unbeliever. Parachurch ministries deal with this. Do we ever hire somebody who's an unbeliever to work around here? Um, yeah, I suppose. Okay. Here would be an example. Jimmy, I don't know what, 
I, I think some of the folks who have worked on like the technical stuff here, uh-huh. they, they may have been professing Christians, but we didn't ask them. It's like um, we got a buzz in the line that we can't figure out. We'd, we'd call pretty much anybody who can fix the buzz. Correct. Now, what about to actually produce the show? Oh, wait, take on Jimmy's role. Let's, let's just say the, the Jimmy, Jimmy P, which is Jimmy Pagan, he works here, produces the show, but he never talks. Would that be okay? Can he do the news? Uh, it's not like theologists doing the news. So could a pagan be doing? You see, there's lines. The question is, where is that line for a TV show that presents the life of Jesus? Is it closer to mowing the lawn or doing the church service? The chosen cast, they responded to the outcry because a lot of people were rather upset by the whole shebang. And this, the, the fellow who was in the picture with the pride flag, he, he had a post on it. And then other characters in the show posted, hey, if you don't like it, then scram. Because <laughs> we celebrate everything here. And that fellow also put a pride flag onto his tweet. Mm. Mm. That's who's making a show about the life of Jesus. Maybe that's why it bothers us. Because our Savior is precious. Our God is a consuming fire. He is not one to be trifled with. And while God certainly does love unbelievers, doing his work to promote him, this would, this would be akin, maybe not exactly, so forgive the analogy if it's off a bit, or even a lot. There's a guy who's really gifted at apologetics. Oh, by the way, uh, he's a Mormon, which also doesn't seem to be a problem for the chosen, but I digress. He's a Mormon and he's really good at evangelism. Would you hire him as the church to go out in the streets and evangelize people? Hey, why not? Well, because he's talking about Jesus. And I think that's the issue right there. This isn't just a first century drama. This is a story about Jesus that should be done for people who love Jesus. Certainly people who don't can watch it. I don't know how they can endure it. For my money, if there's a, if there's a portrayal of Jesus that doesn't turn off atheists, maybe there's something foundationally wrong. But I think it's because of what the content is and the rather dismissive attitude of the chosen spokespeople saying, hey, look, this is we just hire any old body. So don't judge that. Well, I think actually we can judge that. Do we go much further than that? Not on this particular subject, but how, how would you like a pride flag behind the drummer at church? I know it's not church. I get that. But we're talking about Jesus here. And maybe just maybe we should have a little higher regard. And maybe if you want to hire unbelievers because they act better than Christians do. Okay. I think it was not the bee that asked the question. Would you allow an Islamic flag to be flown on your set? What else? Hey, you don't hire Christians. Why not anybody? But there is a second question about the chosen. I guess this would be about the fourth question. What do we do with the response of the people who perhaps were angry at the people who responded in a way that wasn't positive? Let me try to untangle the mess that I just wove. A lot of people said, hey, this is terrible. This is bad. 
some even hinting there should be a boycott. And then conservative organizations responding and going, no, what's that? Okay, so fine. They put a pride flag. About whom do I speak? The Daily Wire. That's Ben Shapiro's organization. The guy who runs it in part said that the article they posted being critical of the chosen, it was a disgusting response. Wait a second. I thought the Daily Wire was conservative. Why would he attack somebody who had a problem with it? And it was a pretty aggressive attack. It wasn't just a disagreement. It was like, how dare he do such a thing? And there are others who are basically getting mad at conservatives who are being critical of it. Maybe just maybe it's a reminder. We should probably all do a little bit more research on the parachurch or political organizations that we support. This is Wretched Radio. Ah, some good news. Two encouragements from the Tomorrow Clubs. They have hundreds of weekly kids meeting clubs in Eastern Europe, but now they've expanded to Africa and the kids are swarming the Tomorrow Clubs. They have never seen greater attendance than the hundreds of new clubs that they are opening up in Africa. That should encourage all of us. The gospel is going forth and reaching kids in unreached places. Encouragement number two, would you like to become a Tomorrow Clubs ministry partner? Your support will help the Tomorrow Clubs open up even more Tomorrow Clubs and reach even more kids with the gospel. Please consider becoming a ministry partner at tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. Tomorrowclubs.org slash wretched. You know, what used to be a movie is now a sad reality. We're living in a world that's gone absolutely bonkers. So much so that six mads just aren't enough to describe it. Social media may be bombarding us left and right. Our Christian worldview may be under assault. But we have the dynamic duo of Todd Friel and Dr. Nathan Buznitz. And they're coming to the rescue with Wretched Worldview 2. Tackling 22 of those pesky, thorny, contemporary issues through a biblical lens, helping us to defend the biblical view on things like sexuality and gender, critical race theory, modesty and apparel, persecution, secular entertainment, environmentalism, 22 issues to be exact. So what are you waiting for? Head on over to wretched.org, grab your copy of Wretched Worldview 2. And hey, while you're there, snag that study guide too, because it's the perfect companion for navigating this mad, 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 mad world with wisdom and grace. Sorry to ask you to do some arithmetic, but this is some math that will encourage you and make you very, very happy. This is one testimony of a mother who chose life because she saw her own baby, courtesy of an ultrasound from Preborn. I was terrified. I really didn't know what to do. The first time I saw the ultrasound, I was just amazed. I was like, oh my gosh, is that my baby? And I, like, I heard her heartbeat and I, I just, I just fell in love. If I could care about my daughter this much, if I could love my daughter this much, how much does God love me? Now take that one testimony and multiply it by 54,253 because that is the number of babies that were saved last year because of ultrasounds 
at preborn centers. Would you please help us grow that number by providing as many ultrasounds as possible at preborn.org slash wretched, preborn.org slash wretched. Titles of Christ. In the Bible, Jesus is given many titles that teach us about who he is and what he has done. Jesus is called a curse for us. When Adam sinned, all creation came under a curse, and everyone who breaks God's law is cursed. But Jesus bore our curse on the cross so that we may receive the blessings of God. This is Wretched Radio with Todd Friel. Before moving on to the next controversy... Oh, yes, we are. Yeah, this is Wretched Radio. The reaction to the reaction to the chosen controversy, an actor who uh, plays, I think it's kind of a minor character, doesn't really matter, I guess, on the play known as The Chosen, displaying a flag that represents the month formerly known as June. Controversy erupted, and I thought that was interesting because I didn't really hear a clear articulation of what the problem might be. There, there was something visceral about it. You go, wait a second, that's, they're, they're doing a show about Jesus, and somebody on the set has a flag. There's something about that. But I didn't hear anybody really dissect what the problem was, and as they are so capable of doing at The Chosen, they rather adroitly deflected any criticism. Here, by the way, is uh, some of the lingo that was used in defense of an actor who apparently is not a believer displaying a pride flag. There's no religious or political litmus test the cast and crew must undergo to assist in telling the story of Jesus and his disciples. Mm. What's the problem? Well, the problem is they're telling the story of Jesus and his disciples. Now, it could be a bit part, I grant you that, but it's telling the story of Jesus. Their defense is exactly what I think the problem is. We are telling people about Jesus And it is being done by people who not only apparently don't agree with Jesus, but seem to be rather opposed to Jesus, particularly in displaying a pride flag. Quote, we are not a church in which all of our employees are going to fit under one particular mission statement, one particular belief system. We are a for-profit company. We're a media company. We're a public company. We have investors and all of that. I don't know how that removes a Christian from the responsibility of making sure that you are not in some way, shape, or form promoting or associating Jesus with something that he is diametrically opposed to. How hard would it have been to see this on the set and say, hey, actor, I know you don't believe in Jesus, but the authentic Jesus, if I can borrow the term, in Matthew 19.4 made it clear marriage is between a man and a woman. And furthermore, same-sex sins are just that. They are anti-Jesus, the one that we seek to portray here. Ah, you You can hold on to those personal beliefs if you like, but not on this set. They could have done that. You can do that. If you are a pro, even if you are a for-profit organization, you can do that because you don't want political statements. You don't want religious statements on your property during work. Um, Christians get shut down for that stuff all the time. 
Wouldn't that be interesting if somebody put a put a flag up on the chosen set that said, Jesus is the way, the truth, the life. Nobody comes to the Father but through him. I wonder if they'd actually release that. When we hire someone to work for us, our number one objective is who is the best person for this job? Well, the job is talking about Jesus. It's portraying Jesus. And why would you want actors who don't love the one that you are spending all of your energies to promote? Uh, I, I don't I don't understand. As long as you're contributing to that and helping make the show great, we think our viewers should be saying thank you, said the director of The Chosen, especially to those who might have different beliefs than we do and yet are still willing to work their tails off for the show and for the message of the show. Well, it doesn't matter how hard they work. It's the message that is being sent. I get it. It's an organization outside of the church, but the centerpiece of the controversy is Jesus himself. What would he say about the pride flag? Would he allow one of his people who are representing him, because this actor, even though a paid unbeliever, is representing Jesus, would he be okay with a pride flag? Now, the controversy continues because some of the people who also work on the show, responded to those people who are critical. Uh, This is from, uh, it looks like maybe an Italian name, one of the actors. Anyone who is going to go at one of our family members for something like this. Oh, so they're they're a family. Unbelievers, Mormons, Catholics, and Mm. Christians. They're no fan of ours. They can close the door on the way out. Love one another as I have loved you. We stand with our brother with a pride flag on the tweet, quoting Jesus to defend something he's diametrically opposed to. It was also shared by the actor who plays the Apostle John, the fellow who plays little James. He made his voice heard, decrying Christians who believe that it says what it says. (laughs) Now, People were a little upset about that. But what I thought was even at least as fascinating were the responses to the responses. A fellow from Turning Point USA. I believe they're kind of a political organization. Is that Charlie Kirk's? It is. Shebang. Okay. So a fellow from there said, hey, um, this is uh, this is bad. In fact, it's quite awful. Hinting maybe there should be some sort of a boycott. And the Daily Wire actually put the article up. But then the CEO for the Daily Wire said that was a really big mistake. Uh, The fellow uh, who runs the Daily Wire, at least in part, this is a disgusting piece. And I'm sorry we ran it. Huh. That's interesting. I thought the Daily Wire were conservatives. A show like The Chosen has 100-plus employees. One of them brought a pride flag to work. That's bad, um, editing for you, but it's hardly the fault of the show. Well, the show could have told him, sorry, you can fly that at home, but not on our set because you're on the clock, and that is not what we stand for here. Does that mean that The Daily Wire is now endorsing Pride Month? No. It doesn't. Do I understand maybe that they wouldn't have a problem with it? Perhaps. 
But maybe it's a reminder that we should always be Bereans. We should always be a little bit leery whenever we listen to folks who are not Christians, who are conservative. Do you remember the Dennis Prager kerfuffle? The Dennis Prager, I like Dennis. I think you can benefit much from Dennis when it comes to political issues. When it comes to theological or moral, I, I think he said the message loud and clear when he said, Pornography, not so bad. By the way, I don't know if I mentioned this. Dennis Prager tried to moderate what he said in a panel discussion with Jordan Peterson and others that pornography isn't so bad if a husband and wife can use it to enhance their marriage. He was thinking more about Playboy, Penthouse, not the videos that are made today. Whether it's moving or still, if it's gazing upon somebody doing something sexual without wearing any clothing... I think that the Torah says something about that. We just want to be careful. We just we just want to be leery. And by the way, the pressure to capitulate, um, just keep expecting it. There's a baseball player. Don't need to name his name. That's not the point of it. Apparently, he shared a video about the baseball team, the Toronto Blue Jays. They were going to have... No, it was what what was the team that was going to have the Sisters of Perpetual the, Perversion or something? <laughs> the Los Angeles Dodgers. Okay. So this kid from the Toronto Blue Jays, he posted something that said, "Nope, I'm a follower of Jesus Christ." <sighs> Quote, "I made a post that was hurtful to the pride community, which includes friends of mine and close family members of mine, and I'm truly sorry for that. I just spoke with my teammates, shared with them my actions, and I apologized with them." I'm using the Blue Jays' resources to better educate myself to make better decisions moving forward. The ballpark is for everybody. We include all fans at the ballpark, and we want to welcome everybody. And so we see a Christian feeling the pressure, loses job, and perhaps never play baseball again, something that I'm sure he loves to do, just compromising, capitulating, giving in to the pressure. It featured, the video featured an Instagram user reading from Ephesians 5. <laughs> and it went on. The contents, I, I don't know all of the contents, but it urged the faithful to take no part in the unfruitful works of darkness, but instead expose them, for it is shameful to even talk of the things that they do in secret. Uh, that's true, but that doesn't mean, by the way, that you can't ever talk about them. You talk about them to expose them? You don't talk about them to talk about them. And so it is, we see another Christian who is, well, it just appears he kind of succumbed, succumbed, gave in to the pressure to capitulate and compromise. Are you ready? It's a matter of time. You don't have to be a professional baseball player. Your workplace, the school you go to. They might not accept you at the school you want to go to if they discover on Facebook that you've actually said positive things about Jesus Christ. I think we would do well to get prayer prepared for more and more organizations to fall and to know how we respond to that and to prepare to know how we're going to respond when the world wants us to fall. And until tomorrow, go serve your king. <laughs>